With a quivering voice and some tears in my eyes, I hugged my son and whispered in his ear, we did it. Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Rita Roy. I'm the CEO of the National Spine Health Foundation, and I'm your host for the Get Back To It podcast, where we tell real stories of healing and recovery. What does it mean to get back to it? Well, it means overcoming injury through treatments that work in order to return to the people and activities you love, whatever that looks like for you. It means getting back to your life. We're here to share the success stories of people who've done just that. And some of these stories you're not going to believe. Today, you will hear Dan Carusi's story. And as a special bonus, we have Dan, our spinal champion, right here in the studio with us to answer some questions and tell us more about his experience. Now that you know what to expect, let's get back to it and dive right into Dan's story. Dan was experiencing lower back pain for almost 15 years due to an injury resulting in a herniated disc in the early 2000s. He was treated with epidural injections in the lower spine, followed by weeks of physical therapy. This brought him some relief, but the pain never really subsided completely. Dan learned to resume as much of a normal life as possible, including most of his previous activities, but he became dependent on ibuprofen to manage the discomfort. In late 2016, the pain suddenly intensified and began migrating down my left leg. I do not recall doing anything that would have injured my back other than straining the muscles in a climbing fall, but that healed shortly after. Dan's primary physician prescribed an anti-inflammatory and a muscle relaxant that gave him temporary relief. Enough relief to give him the confidence to book two 2017 climbing trips with his son to Seneca Rocks, West Virginia in June, and an ultimate climb, the Grand Tetons, in August. So 2017 was the year for my 50th birthday. So I was going to prove my youth or deny my age with a mountaineering climb to the summit of the Grand Tetons. The climb is more than 14 miles round trip and 7,000 feet of vertical elevation gain to reach the summit, really challenging both mental and physical strength. I had planned a minimum of six months of conditioning and preparation, but not knowing the future state of my back. However, a few months before the trip, the pain in Dan's leg returned worse than ever, and now included numbness, weakness, and a tingling sensation down to his foot. He also was experiencing a stabbing pain in the left buttock, as if someone stuck him with a knife and was twisting it. The pain was overwhelming and debilitating. Nothing Dan tried provided any relief and the pain was negatively impacting his ability to stay focused at work and with his family. Dan struggled to walk from the car to the office or the driveway to the house. He could not sit for more than a few minutes and standing was not much better. I really began to lose hope that I would someday live pain-free and once again enjoy life. All my activities came to an end. Hiking, climbing, horseback riding, wakeboarding, even my ability to do basic functions around the house. The healthcare providers I sought out for help recommended that this was the new norm. And perhaps it was time for a lifestyle change. In other words, no more climbing. This was the final kick in the gut, and I refused to let it be the only option for me. I have two teenage children, and the opportunity to climb with my son and horseback ride with my daughter is priceless and just something that I can't negotiate. Dan then reached out to his primary physician and chiropractor for help. He had an x-ray and MRI completed, and this showed a herniated disc at the L3-L4 level in his lumbar spine. That's his lower back. And it was recommended that he attempt non-surgical treatment. 
From the initial onset of pain in November 2016, it was another five months before visiting the practice that would offer him his solution. The constant pain and unhappiness in his life drove him to continue looking for help and eventually to a surgeon, a spine surgeon. Not only was the climbing at risk for the summer, but also any hope of a good quality of life and future fulfilling activities felt compromised. The non-surgical treatment was just not working. Living pain-free no longer seemed like an option. I was now only looking for enough relief to allow me to function in life. Dan tried almost every non-surgical treatment available, such as heat, ice, manual manipulation, dry needling, massage, physical therapy, stretching, transcutaneous electric nerve stimulation, and medications, but the pain only became worse. Then, in March 2017, he had his first appointment at a medical practice that offered him a new approach. His doctor read the x-ray and MRI and walked him through his options. My doctor said one sentence that gave me hope for the first time, and I will never forget it. You will be ready to climb in June, as well as the Tetons in August. Of course, he then quickly reminded me of how crazy one needs to be for attempting high altitude climbing. Dan and his doctor decided the herniated disc was protruding far too much for it to heal with non-surgical treatment and minimally invasive surgery, microdiscectomy, was the best course of action. Dan was very scared of surgery but did not see any other path forward. His doctor gave him confidence that this approach would give him the desired outcome he was seeking. Surgery was completed on April 5, 2017, and the very next day, he kicked off his Surgery to Summit campaign recovery. Hashtag Surgery to Summit. He followed the recovery directions like it was the law, especially no bending, twisting, or lifting for six weeks. A re-injury at this point would end the hopes for climbing in the summer. Walking became my best friend. I started walking across the first floor of the house, then to the bottom of the driveway, to the mailbox, to the end of the street, and finally three to five miles per day. Some days were better than others, and some days felt like major setbacks, but I knew that I was getting stronger. Physical therapy was also critical for the recovery, as it reduced the muscle spasms and conditioned the core. Finding treatment was the best decision I could have made. I got my life back. After surgery, other than some lingering tight muscles in the lower back, Dan is pain-free. The excruciating pain and numbness down the left leg was gone immediately after surgery, and has not returned. This experience has given Dan a different perspective on work and life. He is now able to better focus on activities, he refuses to sit at a desk for extended periods of time, and he makes an effort to find time to walk in between meetings. Flash forward 11 weeks post-surgery, and Dan is climbing again at Seneca Rocks, reaching his first summit since the surgery. Yes, climbing again, not in the best shape, but I was heading up and not down. This was the first real test before the Grand Tetons and the go versus no-go decision for the trip. The Tetons trip was definitely a go. A little more than four months after surgery, Dan was on a plane with his son, making his way to Jackson Hole and Grand Teton National Park. The two hiked seven miles, gaining 4,200 feet to hike camp. Two days later, they set out at 4 a.m. to hike and climb another two miles and 3,000 additional vertical feet. We were within 250 feet of the summit, short rope on our way to the top, when I started to become emotional. I realized at this point that the summit was within reach, 
and all the emotions from the journey to get there washed over me like a flood. 9 a.m. Sunday, August 13th, I was standing on the summit at 13,770 feet with my son and the seven other climbers who were part of the summit team. With a quivering voice and some tears in my eyes, I hugged my son and whispered in his ear, we did it. Now Dan says the rest is up to him. He's making an effort to keep his weight in check, stay in shape, implement a consistent exercise program, and keep focused on what is important in life. And more importantly, more importantly, never stop enjoying life. I met years ago one of the gymnastic coaches for the U.S. Olympic team uh, out in Colorado Springs, and I asked him, what tips can you give on high performance? And he says, the only tip I can give you is, most of the time you practice or do something daily, you're not going to do it well. That you only actually have about two days a week that you're at your peak performance. The rest of the time you're going to struggle. Because the top performers, they find out how to make the most of the days they feel the worst. And that's stuck with me. So those days you, you're struggling, you don't feel good, right. if you can make the most of it, you're one day closer. Gosh, that is crazy. The easy days, you're not really getting a lot out of the easy days. Other than feeling good, right? But you're not really moving that's forward. That's not what makes you life. great. Correct. What makes you great is what you do on the hard yeah, days. Yeah, that's just stuck with me. Yeah. That's one of my motivators. Wow, Dan. First of all, I have to agree with your surgeon and say that attempting high altitude climbing is crazy. Uh, but I am so impressed that you not only got back to it, but also shared that activity with someone you love the most. Um, I'd love to know what does the hashtag Surgery to Summit campaign mean to you? First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it, it's one of my passions to, to be able to share my story uh, and help others you know, going through a similar type of recovery. So I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, surgery to summit, when you look at what we were working towards in the climb, there wasn't a lot of time. You know, I had to start climbing uh, within you know, 10 to 12 weeks to see if I would be even ready to do the Grand Tetons. So we had to set a goal. And it had to start the day after surgery. That day one, one of the things that we need to do every single day to work towards getting up that mountain and getting up to the summit. Um, so we came up with hashtag uh, surgery to summit, which really became our anthem for the family. And uh, every activity we did tied back to one step closer to getting up the mountain. So that's where it started. Now, if I look at it today and take a step back, I think it means more than that. Um, at that time, the focus and the goal was to climb and to get to the summit. Now I think it's more symbolic. I think summit really means life. You know, I, I was so focused on getting up the mountain, I wasn't realizing it was getting my life back. And the symbolism to me is summit represents life, and getting to the summit is getting your life back. And I, I still use surgery to summit when I talk about this story, and I use social media to put it out there. Um, but it's really about whatever it is for you, find your summit and find your, your life again. Um, Dan, 15 years is a long time to have suffered um, with your injury. If you could go back to the early 2000s at the time of your original um, injury, original you know, um, original pain, um, and give your yourself advice then, what advice would you give? That's a great question. 15 years is a long time and a lot of pain over those 15 years. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of advice for myself that I need to give or, or should have given myself back then. I think the first one is um, don't settle. Don't accept that this is your life now. Um, whether that comes from a doctor or someone telling you this is the way it's going to be, 
um, challenging. Uh, you know, I dare to say, become obsessed with finding the right treatment for your injury. Um, I didn't do that. I, I was an athlete, and you're used to pushing through pain. You know, you take your Advil and Motrin, and, and you grind it out. And that was my approach to life back then. And throughout those 15 years, I had, I had some days I felt great and, and days that I couldn't get out of the chair. Um, but I was still able to do basic functions, and I accepted that. And I would challenge everybody to, to not accept that. You know, you've got to find what motivates you early and, and go after it. You, ha- you have to have the mindset that a professional athlete has, which is you do whatever it takes to get back on the field. That's their profession. That's their career. That's how they make their money. And you seek all types of treatments and doctors until you find the one that can get you back. Right. Um, you know, I, I follow a lot of athletes, and I, I follow Tiger Woods, and seeing what he went through with his surgeries and his back issues. And I'm sure he went through all kinds of different procedures and potentially doctors until he found the one that got him back on the golf course. What happens in 2019? He wins the Masters. Masters. Not just at that age, but coming off of the type of injury he had to be able to do that is is extremely inspired and motivated. But have that mindset. And don't settle. Go out and and be diligent about finding the right treatment for yourself. And you have to own that. Got to own that. You do. Uh, No one's going to do it for you. Right. You know, you have to own it. Um, you can rely on others to help motivate you, but you got to find your own motivator to go after it, and, and then you got to go do it. Yeah. Hey, n- another question, Dan, um, I have is that, you know, it's common for individuals who are suffering from neck, um, neck or back pain to feel alone. Um, you know, it can be a very isolating thing to have chronic pain and to live without with that and, and to feel that that's your new normal how important do you think it is that individuals that, who are suffering from, from neck and back pain have access to success stories like yours? It's a, I think it's, it's very important. Um, it's very hard to find success stories. doesn't mean they're not out there and people have them. Um, but when you go to the Internet, it's the first thing I did, right, when I had my injury and, and then also leading up to the surgery recommendation, what do we all do? Let's go look it up on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Let's understand what the procedure is um, and, and do our research. But the problem is you find mostly negative stories on the Internet. You find all the horror stories that you could possibly find. Um, and that's what people share on the Internet, but they don't share success stories. So where do you go for that? Um, because you need to know you're not alone. Um, you do feel alone. I, I remember at my darkest point, um, I've shared this with many people, I, I would make it home from work if I could get to work and sit in a chair with the TV on and almost be zombie-like state, not talking to my family, not interacting with the family, and afraid to twitch because I'm going to get a pain from it. And I started to become very depressed. You feel hopeless, and you do feel very alone. Um, So finding a support group, finding success stories, finding folks that are going through what you're going through, um, but can also encourage you with with understanding what um, success looks like and what that defines for you. On the flip side, having your family rally around you uh, is incredibly important. My family's awesome. They, they put up with a lot. Uh, they, they covered for me when I couldn't do things. Um, I was reluctant to do the surgery, as we mentioned in the podcast earlier in the story. They encouraged me to do the, the, the surgery. My son was by my side going up the, the mountain to get to the summit. I, know I had to encourage him a couple times, and we had to encourage everybody on the team. It was very difficult. Um, but he was there side by side, riding with my daughter. You know, she corrects my posture. Yeah. I'll still never be a good rider in her yeah. eyes. But, I mean, but she's, you know, they were there all yeah. through the recovery. Yeah, the support, um, group, the support system around you. So you need that. Yeah. You need that. And, 
you know, what I didn't tell people is we actually uh, moved to another house a couple weeks after surgery. Wow. And I couldn't lift, bend, or twist for six weeks. Uh, I had to sit there and watch my wife pack so everything hard. and move everything. Uh, and she did it without complaining because everybody was so concerned that I was going to re-injure it in the first six weeks that they made sure I sat there and watched and they did everything. And she took the lead uh, and it was incredible to get that get that done. So, you know, a shout out to my family um, and my wife for, for being there for me throughout the entire journey Fantastic. from when I injured it all the way through to recovery and, and still supporting my climbing in trips, although I do get some interesting looks on some of the recent climbs I'm doing, but um, they're there to support it. That's fantastic. That's, uh, you're, a, you're a lucky man. I am. Wonderful I'm, family, wonderful support. That's great. Thank you, absolutely. Yeah. I do think that um, it is encouraging to hear the success stories and your willingness to share your success that will give hope to other people and encourage other people to seek treatment, find the right treatment, and get back to their life, whatever that is, um, whether it's climbing or, or anything, um, is, is an important message. It's a worthy endeavor, and it's something that we at the Foundation are absolutely committed to doing, putting the success stories out there, connecting people to success, and letting them know that you can get back to your life. Um, so, Dan, just thank you so much for being with us today and sharing with us your story. Um, and... Um, congratulations. I, I hear there's some ice climbing in your future. The climbing didn't stop at the Tetons. That was maybe just the, the beginning of the, the next uh, next chapter of climbing for you. Uh, thank you for having me, me here. And again, uh, the ability to, to share my story. Um, and and the, the message is, yes, you can get your life back. right? And it's not just getting your life back, but I think you can do more than what you were doing. Um, this isn't just to get back to status quo, it's to you know, repair an injury or get a treatment that's going to help you do more than what you thought you could do at that, any age. That's amazing. Um, so with that said, yes, I'm, I'm just getting started. Uh, I'll just get back to it, but get back to it better than ever. Absolutely. I'm yeah, climbing like better that. than I, I ever have. I'm, I'm more comfortable in the saddle when I ride the horse. I'm not protecting my back, you know, um, although you have to be cautious. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything stupid. Um, but you can get back and, and do more. So in get February, I've, I'm going to be out in Utah and hopefully um, breaking some ice with a good friend of mine doing some ice climbing that, that is new to me. So I continue to push myself um, out of my comfort zone. Damn. But I have confidence I can do it That's because great. of you know, getting your life back. Um, so the, my final message to the audience would be you know, find that motivator for you. Um, find your own personal summit. You know, It doesn't have to be a mountain. But all of us have a summit that we want to we want to get to, we want to achieve, find out what that is for you and, and go after it. It's, it's possible, um, but you got to do it and find that network to help you get there. And then you'll be smiling on top of your own personal summit in the future. You know, we look back at it and say, still, my son will send me a note, he's in ECU in college now, and he'll send me a note, he goes, can you still believe we did that? And uh, he had to take a step back and go, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, and I was sharing a story with them that I didn't put in the article. But there was a point at 12,000 feet that I didn't think I was going to make it to the top. It was still dark out. Um, I was having a hard time breathing. I wasn't in the best of shape. I was on my hands and knees, and the, the, the summit team stopped. And our oldest team member, name's Jeff, he's a 65-year-old at the time, he comes over and he's leaning over. I said, Jeff, you all right? And he goes, my legs are like rubber. They're on fire. 
goes, every time I stand up straight, I get lightheaded. He goes, come on, boys, let's get going. And we all looked at each other and said, I think we're moving again. We, we picked ourselves up, and that kind of was our rallying call. That got my second breath, and uh, we pushed on. And every single person from that team made it to the summit That's on that day. Awesome. So sometimes it takes someone else to, you need to motivate yourself, but you need someone else to give you that little kick in the butt. And uh, Jeff was our rallying call at that time. To get up there. So we, we have our doubts from time to time. Surround yourself with um, positive people who want to see your success and are going to encourage yes. you and give you the push you need when you need it. It is. That that's, is that's so awesome. true. That's so true. So reaching the summit was my post-surgery goal. But re reflecting back on it, the summit represents life and getting my life back. That's fantastic. Thank you, Dan. And congratulations. Thank you. My name is Dan, I'm a spinal champion, and I got back to climbing mountains with my son. At the National Spine Health Foundation, our, our mission here is to improve spinal health care through education, research, and patient advocacy. Um, something we believe in most is providing hope for recovery through sharing stories of success. It isn't always easy to find someone to relate to, even though 100 million Americans suffer from neck or back pain each year. To hear more stories of success and access educational materials about spine health, visit us at www.spinehealth.org. If you're interested in supporting our show financially, you can contribute at the link provided. Get back to it better than ever. Thank you for listening. The information and views expressed in the Get Back to It podcast are intended for informational purposes and should not be used as a substitute for professional medical advice or to replace the services of trained healthcare providers. To view the National Spine Health Foundation's full disclaimer, visit spinehealth.org.